All righty. There's Joe's theme. Don't I get a little don't I get a little Joe intro? Come on. Little intro, Bila. Uh, about the crime stoppers in Suffolk County. It's all good, Jay. Um, you know what? Take the rest of the morning on. Uh, the one eight hundred two two zero tips two two zero eighty four seventy seven. All calls and details uh, confidential. Joe Jacklin, a retired NYPD sergeant, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad. He's a current adjunct professor at John Jay College. Author of the Criminal Investigative Function: A Guide to Investigators, Edition Four. Five soon to come. Let's not forget Joe and the day. Uh, a highly decorated member of the NYPD. And, of course, that would include the Departmental of Valor. He's a best-selling author of the Cold Case Handbook. An incredible job on the YouTube channel regarding the Gilgo stuff. Just look up Joe Jacklone and everything else. He was streaming during the week. Uh, invited me to pop on. I apologize. I wanted to get on so bad and that commitment I couldn't get out of. Uh Sarge, welcome. I apologize for that, but it is soaring all your work with uh, with what's happening with the go-go stuff. We appreciate that. Good morning, Jay. Yeah, no problem. Everyone has some stuff to do. It's it's just it was a crazy week. A crazy week indeed, because Rex Yorman got into that courtroom, uh, Joe, on Tuesday. We had Ray Tierney on Wednesday, and uh, you know, finally the official tie-in of your men to Gilgo Ford around it out and Maureen Brainerd Bard Sarge. Yeah, no, it was good news finally. I was glad to see the family members there and you know there was another little surprise there with uh famed attorney Gloria Allred there too. So representing looks like the Barnes's family. So it's um things are going to get pretty interesting, right? So you have the Gilgo Four tied up with Rex. Uh, we know that there's still many others that still even need to be identified. But um, there's a lot of work to do, and right now I think they're going to just take the Gilgo Four, and they're going to take them to the, the, the trial. And then everything else, I think, is just going to be continued to work on on the side. No doubt about it. Joe, there's so much discussion during the week. I, I don't understand it. You know, because you're using this new technology now. You know, the nuclear DNA, as Ray described when he was on Wednesday, you have the mitochondrial DNA. Uh, you got the hair from the uh, from a former wife and Asa. You got the daughter involved there, maybe with a, a hair strand, Victoria. I mean, there seems to be a lot of conversation, you know, as far as the implementation of the uh, two uh, two ladies there, two women. Uh, you know, this new DNA. First of all, listen, all is fair game when you are trying to connect an individual. Uh, to this spree of murder uh, that has occurred here. Uh, and whatever means possible, and there it goes. And if you need a strand of hair here and there, uh, if you need to involve uh, innocent people, at least for right now, so be it, Sarge. Well, I mean, they've done everything seems to be so methodical, right? I mean, they, they follow the daughter. They did, uh, I mean, that, that takes a long time to conduct that surveillance, to know exactly when and where somebody's going to be. And fortunately for the police in many of these cases, people are a creature of habit. They do the yeah. same thing every day. They catch the same trains, they catch the same thing, and they make it easy. So, you know, but it still takes time to plan these things, and it takes a number of people involved. And this is where I think the task force has also proven its worth by 
showing you about having that many resources and personnel to be able to pull off some of these operations. I mean, basically, it's been pretty and pretty amazing. And, and I don't think the law enforcement agencies have gotten enough credit so far. A hundred percent. You know, for those living outside of uh, of this region, uh, people don't understand, you know, what has taken place, uh, especially with a new regime, especially uh, with a new district attorney, because the old one never did a darn thing. Uh, but when you have everything kind of going together, you know, you got the sheriff, then police commissioner Ronnie Harrison, Ray Tanney doing his thing, task forces beyond. Uh, you got a lot of help on every side of the aisle here. Uh, that's how you get things done in the world of crime, folks. And, Joe, no different as far as what happened here with Gilgo. No, exactly. I mean, it's been really amazing how fast they put this thing together from from the beginning time, right? So you look at the last two years of investigations compared to the previous, you know, 11 years, and it's just it's like night and day. And, it's, and it seems to be accelerating. So there's, there's – and they're showing you – about not only the forensic techniques, but the investigative techniques and all the other aspects about how this case came together so quickly once they found that one piece of the truck in Massapequa Park and, I, and by the New York State Police. So it's it's really been an interesting watch about how this case has developed. And unfortunately, so many other things going on that some of that nuance gets lost, I think, in the messages too. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, Joe, you go back to the pizza crust and the box in Manhattan, a cup of coffee, you know, the DNA on the cups and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's just unbelievable. It really is. The surveillance of this individual, uh, properties in South Carolina, Vegas, that's still being looked at. Uh, all the stuff that went on in Atlantic City, some of the stuff he searched uh, via the web, you know, some some kinky stuff beyond uh, you know, all this as far as, you know, him stating burner phones, as Ray always points out, the burner phones and everything, uh, pointing out to some of these individuals, some of these sex workers, uh, you know, the family was out of town, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this was a methodical approach by this guy. Uh, you know, I mean, you talk about manipulation and planning and everything else going on, going on around here. I'll tell you that much. Uh, very intense. And this presser was um, a little different than we've seen in some of the others, right? So that they kind of, you know, a, a lot of people think that, you know, Ace is involved and all that other stuff. And, they, and I think they kind of, you know, went that way with the presser in regards to that she wasn't around. Here is some, and, and the other the other clue here is that they, they used some evidence that they found in the storage facility, right? The Bank of America receipt. And they're showing people that, you know, they left for Atlantic City, and then they had the communications, you know, from Rex saying, okay, my wife's out of town, uh, let's get together and do this stuff, so to speak. So it, it's it was kind of interesting how to get all that out. And listen, and I keep on telling people, if they had evidence that Asa was involved, they would have arrested her by now. You know, it's just either they don't have the, either the evidence doesn't exist, or she really wasn't involved. And I think people need to just back off until they can you know, they can prove something or just keep on going down the route that she's not involved, right? You, the allegations and the things that you read about online, what people say, it's really kind of crazy. You're right. Let things simmer. Let's see what happens here. You know, some people think Asa was involved in the fact that she knew uh, what was uh, going on as far as Rex was concerned, all his, all the goings-on into that mass Massapequa house. That's people park home. Uh, you know, how can you not know? But you know what? Let it play out. We'll see what happens. 
and uh, we'll wait for the next round court appearance. I believe the next one, uh, Sarge, is February the sixth over there in Riverhead. So uh, we got to send still a lot of lot of questions, tons of questions. You know, Bill Trough uh, still incarcerated uh, with the Tangrenny and the McMurray murders. Uh, you have the situation with Shannon Gilbert. Uh, who knows with the former chief of the department, Jimmy Burke, and involvement there. There are still bodies to still, uh, you know, facilitate as far as who done it. Uh, you know, there's so much going on. Uh, but, you know, it's just a massive puzzle uh, at this point in time, Sarge, that's being put together very methodically by this DA. Yes. I mean, just to think of the volumes of the electronic evidence. I mean, I think they're up to 10. Boner, uh, burner phones now. So you have 10 burner phones. I mean, just think about the details of, of all those phone calls in and out that you have to now trace down. And then those, that electronic evidence leaves the breadcrumbs for investigators to determine because they've already proved or they've already told us in the presser that there were phone calls to Maureen Brandon Bonds the day she disappeared. So that's, that's a huge thing. But the question comes down to is, do any of the other phone records match up to any of the other victims besides the Gilgo Four, and that's this kind of stuff that we want to see and and anybody else that they, we don't even know about that they are, their phone records are on there and those people are no longer uh, alive or have disappeared so these are some important things that we're going to hear about I think going forward I mean that electronic evidence alone is going to be a treasure trove no question Joe Jacklin on the crime report Joe let's get a couple of things going here uh, a very important arrest a New York City hospital employee uh, who, I guess, lived in Wheatley Heights at a period of time, arrested and charged a series of uh, mostly rabbing, random uh, stabbings on the uh, city streets. A 27-year-old, Jermaine Rugar, uh, was arrested late Wednesday. Multiple charges. No fatalities involved here, Joe. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, these random attacks, very scary. Uh, we certainly... Uh, you know, front and center, you've been involved with arrests and everything else of looking for individuals of this nature. But scary times within the confines of the city trying to track down this this deranged individual. Yeah, no, I mean, talk about um, a scary situation. The police come out and basically, you know, start putting out the videos and saying, listen, this guy's responsible for at least four you know, stabbings of strangers and, you know, we need to identify them and we need to find them out, you know, find them. I mean, it, it looks like this. it's part of good old detective work, knocking on doors, interviewing people, but there also could have been some public help on this. We haven't gotten the full story about how they tracked him down, but, you know, I, I think that the, um, you know, the public played a role in this and, and listen, the media and stuff is very important in regards to getting this message out and being able to put the people face out there so that if somebody recognizes them, whether it's a walk, whether it's uh, something specific, a piece of clothing, it's really important. So I think that's what we saw here. And, and it's just, we're waiting to hear about his, his, his past records, if he has any and, and everything else, and what made this guy tick. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, you get leads from different areas. Uh, this crucial one came when someone, I guess, at a building in the Jamaica section of Queens, Sarge, allowed uh, enforcement uh, access to video surveillance images that indicated this guy uh, may have been living at the location. And uh, that's what it was all about. Detectives surveyed it and then arrested this guy. So very important to get the public involved and everything else. Joe Jacklow in the Crime Absolutely. Report. Joe, it seems as uh, law enforcement agencies here on the island are teaming up to create a uh, 
a multi-jurisdictional task force. There's been a lot of burglaries uh, in the region, especially in Nassau County. Uh, but all in all, there was a news conference yesterday in uh, Minneapolis. It's going to include uh, both departments, Nassau and Suffolk, DA's offices as well. You're going to have the FBI involved, the NYPD, state police. Everybody's going to get involved here. Uh, but uh, but that's what it is. You know, you've got burglaries. you got a lot of home invasions that we report on. Vehicle thefts, forget it, uh, off the charts. So, uh, listen, it can't hurt, only help here, and hopefully a good thing. No, I mean, it's an excellent thing. I mean, when you're having a situation, burglaries are really tough crimes to solve. I mean, nationwide, I think you're only looking at about 13% of all burglaries uh, get solved. So this is an important aspect of putting all these uh, law enforcement representatives together and, and using their resources in order to maybe uh, identify some of these suspects or identify a, a group of suspects that are doing these things, whether it's organized or not. And then, you know, looking at the things that are getting stolen, looking through the pawn shops. And, I mean, there's just so much to work. And just like we saw at Gilgo, when you have the personnel and the expertise and you have some of these resources involved, you can make a big dent in something pretty quickly. No doubt about it. Joe, a couple of cases horrific here. You have a Lindenhurst man indicted yesterday uh, for allegedly stabbing his wife to death. This as the couple's teenage son. Uh, tried to intervene and save her life. Just a horrible story of this uh, Rizard Morosky, uh, who is uh, facing uh, the charges now, second-degree murder and everything else. This 15-year-old son, he was uh, uh, frantically trying to call police all amid this attack for help, trying to break it up. Just a terrible scene uh, beyond belief here. Uh, but uh, you know, the shameful part of it is, the wife had obtained an order of protection against this guy a week earlier, it seems, Sarge. Yes, unfortunately, you know, the orders of protection, you know, it's a piece of paper that, that might help or be able to, you know, help in certain situations, but for some people it's just not going to stop them. And, you know, just um, unfortunately this event has now led to murder. He's been indicted for it, but we need to figure out what went wrong in regards to the situations ahead of time and, and try to identify certain behaviors on people and, and try to prevent this from happening again in the future. I mean, it's just a, you know, a terrible story of domestic violence. Yep, really is. Uh, and, and a lot of times it, it ends badly, I'll tell you that much. Uh, how about this? This one surprised me as far as the amount of time this, this guy is getting. Uh, a guy in a riverhead with a plea of guilty fatally shot a German shepherd uh, with a rifle at his property last week. Uh, and apparently authorities discovered about 100 or so neglected animals living in deplorable conditions. So this Carlos Laura pled guilty. And uh, from, what, from what I'm reading here, uh, he is uh, only getting a year, uh, Joe, in, of incarceration. That, uh, listen, I think it's a little light myself, the way he abused animals, shot German. Who, who does that? Shoots, shoots a German shepherd in the, in the head? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with people. And and generally, when you have these animal cruelty cases, they, they do get a significant amount of time. So I don't know exactly um, why it's so low, but you know what? We have to put everything in perspective. If you're looking about what's happening across the state and criminal justice, things about how many how many years people aren't getting for, for crimes against humans, right? So I think it has to be, everything has to be looked at in, in regards to that lens. And see what happens. I mean, nobody wants to see anything happen to defenseless animals, children, or the elderly. And it's it's just something that we need to get back 
on track in the criminal justice in New York. And listen, I think many up in Albany are feeling the heat about um, about a lot of these reforms, and, and they're starting to you know backtrack. And you got even some of the Democrats are even talking about saying, "Listen, you got to do something about this." So. I think they're feeling the heat because it's election season and things haven't gone well. And I think we're starting we're going to start learning the truth about all this coming out come come November. No question about it. One more for you, Sarge, and that's Daniel Penny, the West Islip native, charged with killing a homeless man on a Manhattan subway. He lost his bid to have his case dismissed. Former Marine, we know, uh, was recorded. This happened in May last year by a fellow commuter putting. Uh, uh, a uh, Jordan Neely, the chokehold, the deadly chokehold, uh, and thus the indictment a month later on the charge of manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. It's had a polarizing effect, uh, Sarge, on the public. A lot of people rushed to Penny's defense, kind of decrying the problem of crime and homelessness on public transportations, on transportation in general, and others obviously calling for justice over Neely's death. But uh, in any event, uh, this is going to be a back-and-forth case, you get a sense, when it hits the courts. Yeah, and it's going to be totally up to the jury on this, this aspect. I mean, I don't know if it was me. I think I might have gone with a, with a, with a bench trial. But it's, um, it's an interesting aspect of what, what's, what's going to take place with this case. It's something we're going to watch very closely, Jake. No question about it. Joe does a great job. We talked Gilgo, the... Top of the uh, conversation, ladies and gentlemen. And Joe on the uh, YouTube channel uh, does it as best as anyone. Give me a sense of what's going on with that, Joe. Yeah, things are going great. Uh, this Tomorrow I have on Thomas Hargrove, who runs the Murder Accountability Project, which is a website that tracks all homicides throughout the United States. And it creates what they call clusters, and they can identify things as serial killing. And everyone can access this database. It's at murderdata.org. And if you look at Long Island, you can see those clusters on there. So it's actually kind of interesting when you look at that the data was always there. And it's just now that law enforcement is starting to get into the, using this website in order to try to track some of these things. He's identified serial killings in Indiana, in Cleveland, and a lot of other places. So it's actually kind of interesting to see how computer technology is identifying possible areas with serial killers in it. There you go. And uh, nobody does it better than the Sarge when it comes to this. So look for that on the YouTube uh, network and just uh, uh, throw it in there as far as Joe Jacqueline, uh and all that is going on uh, with his uh, wonderful show. He's got great guests. He really does. And, of course, let's not forget the case handbook. Uh, such a vital read, especially with cases like Gilgo. It's just uh, – uh, a great book, chapter by chapter, of uh, so many different areas uh, regarding mysteries and whatnot, and using, as we spoke about earlier, DNA technology. Uh, it's a wonderful book, and we're waiting for the sequel on that, Sarge. Yeah, well, maybe possibly at the end of this year we'll start writing it. We'll see what happens. Uh, it has been selling very well, and, you know, kind of excited about that. And, of course, you can find it on Amazon. Sarge, always a pleasure. Stay well, stay safe with all the snow coming into play. And I will talk to you during the week. Sounds like a plan, Jake. Talk to you soon. You got it. The great Sarge, Joe Jacqueline, uh, checking in, Crime Stoppers.